what's up, man? My buddy, how you doing? Good, yourself? Doing good, man. Welcome you to another episode of Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and I'm excited. I haven't spoken with my friend from Buffalo from some time. You're probably well aware of who he is. Fuzzy from Fuzzy and the Rust Belts. And man, how you doing? Oh man, it's, I'm doing well. You know, it's good to be back here uh, uh, chewing the fat with you, my friend. I'm telling you what, dude, I've been following along with... Uh, what you've been up to, I'm excited about this pre-production. But, yeah, uh, like, hey, dude, your live stream, um, not last night, but the night before, really enjoyed it, brother. 
Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, that was, um, it was a lot of fun. I just like, you know, I was, I, I'm like had a hankering. I was driving Pat through my town that I live in and there's a couple places I used to play, um, just doing the acoustic thing. You know, there was spot coffee and ham and fatties and alchemy and, uh, Hamburg Brewing Company and everything right now uh, up here with with COVID. I mean, you know, one small places like that, you know, may or may not be able to afford to have live music, but you also have to be outside, and there are so many restrictions, especially here in New York, for a lot of venues that right. it's just not worth all the red tape for them. So, but man, I, I was. I was sitting there um, in the studio the other day, and I'm like, man, I just want to do a an acoustic show again, just by myself, you know? And uh, I'm like, you know what? So I got right on Facebook. I said, we're going to do a Facebook Live, and I'm going to do what I do in the breweries and the bars, you know? Yeah, man. And, uh, it was, yeah, I really had fun the other night. That was fun. Yeah, I, uh, it hit another deeper appreciation for me you know it was like it, it kind of went back to those fuzzy fridays and guys if you haven't checked that out on youtube um <laughs> just plug that as it's fuzzy in the rust belt channel right yeah the fuzzy in the rust belts uh on youtube um and yeah we I, I was doing fuzzy fridays for a while and then um we were doing back porch sessions for a little bit uh-huh. and uh we might end up doing something in the fall uh called fireside sessions yeah. as well where so, and yeah, I'll, it's a lot of fun. I'll plug that again at the end, but it took me back to those, man. Like, uh, you know, I told you that 50 million was probably my least favorite song on your record. Yeah. And then when I when you featured it on the Fuzzy Fridays, it almost became my favorite song. Yeah. You know, yeah, and it, it was it, it was vibe. just it was just a story because it was a little more rock and roll than everything else on the record, and when I was just listening to it, I was like I just, I don't know, you know, well, and then you tell you know, the story, the story behind 50 million. And I'm like, ah, yeah, it makes total sense. Yeah. There's 50 well, million reasons. I'm sick of you. It's like my super eight, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it was the odd, oddball rock track on the, on the album. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that was, uh, but yeah, that's one of those ones too. It's funny now, like, it's been uh, about a year and a half um, since that album was released. And uh, it's funny kind of looking back at what songs I loved then and what songs I love now and, and how I, you know, it constantly changes, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, but so. your little live stream, it changed it for me again. Okay. It was the third song you played right before you cracked open that tart beer. Which one? Uh, Hello, Hello June. June. Yeah. Dude, I I love the storytelling before you opened it up. Oh, <laughs> the coming home song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It um, that was a uh, just one of those songs, man. It was like uh, I, it actually was a different songs so I lived in Connecticut for a while uh, before I moved uh, back to Buffalo and um, so I wrote this song called Springville 
And the only reason I called it Springville, I grew up in a town, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's called Eden, New York is where I grew up. And so the Garden of Eden, right? Mm, and, right. you know, Eden's known for its its corn and agriculture. And uh, Makes you know, perfect sense. Yeah. So, um, but Eden didn't work in the lyrics. And so there was another town nearby called Springville, New York. I'm like, you know what? It still is, you know, nearby where I lived. I can still use Springville uh, for the song. So anyway, I, I made um, this song, and it had a lot of the same chord structure as Hello June. But when I got into lyrics and stuff like that, it was when I started writing again when I wrote this song. And when I moved back to Buffalo, I looked at what I had written. I said, you know what? That was a cool song, you know, for it kind of uh, was a stepping stone song for me. And I said, let's see if we can rework this. And I took some of it and it ended up turning out to be Hello June. So, and I turned it into a, a coming home song, you know, um, to the garden town uh whom I once belonged to, you know, is one of the part of the lyrics for that. And so that, that garden town was kind of my ode to, uh, the original song Springville. So. Yeah, man. And dude, congrats celebrating the year and a half of that sweet song being out for that long, man. It's, uh, thanks. You know, I remember the way that we met. Uh, it was through the NPR Tiny Desk concert series and, um, and then I find out about that album and then, you were gracious enough to send me two copies. Yes, sir. And, um, <laughs> man, I, I've worn one completely out, and I'm waiting to get... The, I used one as a trader. I was like, here, listen to yeah. this. Give it back to me. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I think I'm about ready for start that second one. Yeah, man. I, I can't wait. I, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday um, about it, because he, he hit me up and was like, dude, so what's up with the pre-production photo? Like, are you actually like, cause we had talked about doing an EP, um, back a while ago. And, um, and anyway, with the state of everything, we're not playing anywhere. Right. I'm like, let's take this time. I've been writing a lot. Let's just start hammering away. And, uh, it's, it's really fun, man. My, uh, my cousin Butch, uh, who's our guitar player, and I have been uh, getting together um, and starting to work with uh, some of the songs that are already there. And he's putting some of his guitar parts together. We're kind of going through the structure of some of the songs. And the ultimate goal, Alan, is to pretty much get about 20 to 25 songs. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to get those, and then we're going to sift through them. We want to get like our best 12 songs and then from there, um, you know, learn them, practice them, live with them, chew on them a little bit. And uh, and then after that, pick the best nine of those 12. Because I, I really like a nine-track album. Mm -hmm. um, it just, you know, it has a good flow. It's not too long. It's not too short. Yeah, man. Yeah. Um, I, I want to... Before we dive off into something new, I want to go right here just with you for a second. Is uh, you know, I I told you uh, 
earlier this year, you know, I'm getting ready to start working on an album myself. Yeah. And um, I had some money put back and then hurt myself, and then that money went toward the surgery and the medical bills and all that. And, you know, I, I got to spend some time down in Mobile with um, someone that I, I deeply uh, respect as a songwriter and as an artist all together. And was sitting there in his garage, we'd done the, the podcast, talking about Abe Partridge. Okay. And, um, you know, after it was over, I was like, man, I got my guitar in my truck, and I'd like to play a song or two with you, or for you, however. Yeah. You know, we went back and forth, and we played a little guitar, and we just talked about, because uh, he's got a first album. We all have a first album, right? Yep. And he was like, man, so where are you at? And I was like, right now I'm just trying to figure out what to do with myself. I was like, uh, I've got, you know, 10 to 15 songs that however long I would want to make an album. Sure. I'm ready. And I'm, I'm really proud of the songs. I like the songs. They've been around for a while. I've had friends sit in and help me. You know, just like what you're saying with Butch, I've had my interpreter, you know, because... Man, I'm I'm fairly simple with my songwriting. Is uh, mm -hmm. you know, I'll, I'll think of something and I'll write a you know a line or two down, and then I'll pick up the guitar and I'm just making real easy chords, just trying to put something together. Yeah. And that's the early flesh of it. Yep. And then you know, as it gets more complex, I'm not even big on a pre-chorus. I'm not the biggest on a bridge, but I believe right. I believe those things are important. I don't think you always need them though. No, not all the time. You're but, right. But I, I would I would hate to put out an album with nothing but verses and choruses, you know. Right. But I, I'm a strong proponent and believer in don't bore me, get to the chorus, right? Well, Bon, I think, what, who was it, Bon Jovi said, uh, um, get to the chorus, you know. And, um, and, you know, he's right to an extent. You're right. It's like, you know, let's, let's get it moving. Um, you know, but it really depends on what are what does the the song require you know and um sometimes um you got to look at the song and and it's like man do i do i sacrifice this to get right to, into the chorus right away how can i reformat and that sometimes um yeah takes takes time and that's where you can see why when you know crafting an album why sometimes it takes so long because you you have to sit with things and really kind of i'm running into that now them. buddy yeah <laughs> because now um since there was a delay on you know my original plan mm -hmm. is well we're we're in a fine place to be writing because there's not a whole lot going on right um and so i've wrote more songs and like a lot of my songs um, at the beginning, they're not anything that I would play out. But what's been right. crazy, and I, I think this is kind of the Hello June thing, is as I let that song age a bit, yep. and then I might write another song, or I might have another idea, it'll completely transform that entire idea to, I'm not wasting chords. I'm not yep. wasting a melody. Like, we're finally, like, this is, it might have took three songs, and they all kind of came together, and like, well, instead of having three songs, those are three verses. Sure. And now I have a resonating chorus that is like, 
you know, that that's kind of where it is. Yeah. And uh, th- those are fun. And, man, I went back down the Mobile um, a couple weekends ago, and I caught um, Abe play live for the first time. All I had seen was, like, YouTube videos and podcasts. Okay. And I finally got to see a set of his live and then his uh, psychedelic punk band, the Psych Peas, I got to see them live. And that oh, is cool. like the opposite side of the spectrum of Abe. Psychedelic punk. Yeah, dude, it's the greatest. Um, <laughs> I, I've got a copy of the vinyl here. They sold it at the show that night, but it's not officially released. And there's there's not... You can go to Caution Light Media on YouTube and you can watch it there. And okay. my God, Dave, he's insane. He's the guitarist, the lead guitarist. Yep. In one of those videos, he takes a cordless drill and drills his guitar. And I was like, this is so rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> it truly is right there. You know, he didn't, it, it didn't go into his thigh or anything, did it? No, it, he didn't even... <laughs> like, he didn't drill all the way through it. Like He just drilled right right by the front pickup. You know, okay. And he was drilling yeah. right there. Like He was still playing, and he even like ran the drill while it was going up and down the strings and was like just... <laughs> And I was, oh my God, I'm losing my mind over here. Yeah. You know, and seeing that and then being able to see the psych piece and then the Red Clay Strays, I just, they're one of the most recent bands I've had on the show. Uh, yeah. They they finished the show off that night. That's and that fantastic. was like the latest and one of the only live shows I've called during this year. Okay. Since February. And then well, you that... played, did you play the Red Clay Strays on uh, your last, um, Untapped in vinyl. No, uh, but I did. Or we no, did, we did talk about it. You had an interview with them. Yeah, we did. We yeah. did. Yeah. They they're they're fantastic. I was listening to that podcast you had with them uh, a week or two ago, and uh, yeah, those are just some young guys, man, and they're go getters. Yeah, you know, you're real good. Crazy time, man. Crazy 2020. We just had a tornado warning up here today. Is that common? Yeah. Uh, no, it, uh, it, it had passed, so we are fortunate we didn't have, at least I didn't hear anything uh, that we had a tornado, but there was a uh, reason to believe that there could be due to the thunderstorms coming through, so. Right. Yeah, but crazy, man. It's yeah. like, okay, what else you got, 2020? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you want to rip some NATOs over here? Come on with it, you know? Yeah, I know. It's like, all the cats are going to be in trees now, I don't know. What's yep. next? <laughs> um, man, about like composing an album, uh, that's another thing. You know, it's it's completely transformed like the way that I'm thinking about it. Like uh, uh-huh. originally it would be like a John Moreland. That was my original intent with like the solo. It was going to be like these uh, melancholy and slow songs with just deep, yeah. what, I, what I think are, you know, punchy in the heart lyrics. Right. And now, as, you know, as the songwriting progresses and I'm like, I'm able to write a song, it's just from repetition, I'm able to write a song faster, not saying that it's any better, you know, it's probably worse, but I can write a song quick. (laughs) Yep. Now I can send it off to my interpreter, like you're talking, they're a lot more fun, they're they're a lot more upbeat, and it's it's fun to, they're fun to play. Yeah. Not sure. saying those sad songs aren't. It's like, if you've never heard me play, you're about to hurt in some kind of way, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> and now it doesn't feel like that, you know? That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, that's great, man. Um, you know, it's funny you mentioned that because I was. Uh, it, you were talking. Um, what do you call your guy? They send it to the interpreter. The interpreter. I call it the sounding board. Yeah. Um, same thing, right? And uh, I was talking. Uh, my good friend uh, Pete and I were talking, and uh, he's like my. Uh, like my consigliere, you know, like if you ever watched The Godfather, they got, you know, the consigliere, the guy that kind of gives them advice and, you know, uh, you talk about things, you know. And um, so that's kind of, he and I will sit, we'll have two, three-hour conversations on, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And one of the things he did mention was, you know, you should um, maybe share some of your work with, other songwriters and get some feedback because the ears are always good, you know, but he said, don't do too many, but just a couple that you respect as songwriters and kick them out there. Uh, once you kind of know what you're thinking and, uh, you know, it's, it's cool hearing you say the same thing and, uh, um, how, I don't know, I guess great minds think alike. (laughs) I don't know. It's just that, that same kind of advice, man. Yeah. You know, because July 3rd was that show I went and, you know, I was telling you about down at Mobile, and then the following, we would go over to Abe's just to hang out for the four for a spell. And after everything yeah. had calmed down, and uh, me and Abe was just sitting around the table, and he was like, well, last time we spoke, you were telling me that he was going to put an album or is it at? And I was yeah. like, I like this. With everything going on, and money, and Everything else, you know, every excuse I could think of. Besides that, it's like, I really like where the songwriting is now. I'm just kind of curious if I was to sit for a few months longer, how much fun we would have or, like, how much more would come out, and then I just would have a really big repertoire to, you know, just kind of peel through. Yeah. Um, And I was like, all those songs that I think are good that didn't go on the album, you know, that could be just kind of a side project you know that could be a from the bedroom series and that could be something sure. that I, I would just cut from here and you know for people who listen to porch talk who are into it here it is here's the link for it you can find it there yeah I, i'm really digging the composition of trying to make a, a good first album because i don't want to look back and if we do decide to do a second one ah man that first one i wish i never done that <laughs> well what i loved about um doing the first album was you know i had my batch of songs i knew what i wanted you know and then when we set an actual record date which we were two three months out for you know we knew we were gonna you know record in august of 2018 and and then you know it's june and all of a sudden boom here come two songs and it's all of a sudden you you reassess and you're like you know what this one and this one are off the album and these two are off and it, it's funny how it can change so quickly because um, you just it's not like you stop writing even though you're going to you know record a new album so um, you know you just keep writing and you know things it's funny how things change right up until the record date yeah, yeah you know, that- like when uh, we had already recorded Mountain Song before we went to Old Bear Recording Studio, we did uh, the acoustic tracks on the album we did at my church. But when 
we got there, the vibe was just so good. And I'm sitting there and I'm playing this beat up old Gretsch resonator. And I'm sitting in a chair in this big room and it just had the right vibe and the right time. I was like, Cole, hit the record button. Let's do this. We're doing it with, you know, two microphones. And, uh, and that's the last track on the album. Awesome. It was just a spare of the moment thing. It took us five minutes. That's what's up. That, and that's yeah. another that's another aspect of it, man. Is uh, man, I, I'm excited for the sophomore. I'm excited to see the growth in the band. You know, it was yeah. it was so good that little short clip I saw of y'all. You know, I think the the tagline on it was like just Butch doing his thing, or Butch lighting it up. Oh yeah, when we were playing uh, at Outlaw Music Fest. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, just you know, out, I'm totally outside looking in. I just follow you through videos and just through conversation. But yeah. it, it's like I can get this sense of these guys are becoming a unit. Like they're really coming together. Their sound is a lot more tight, and that's just through yeah. a video. That's not just through right. like just seeing it live after live after live. It's just just following it. Yeah, I, I this next album is going to be fuzzy in the rust belts like for real this time you know like the first album was fuzzy in the rust belts but it started off as a fuzzy album you know and it was i had gotten into a feeling like hey i want to do an album you guys want to help me out and it slowly turned into this <laughs> just one thing after another after another and before you knew it it you know, we're like, holy cow, look what happened. And um, so now it's, I'm really looking forward to this because it's going to be a really a full band effort uh, for this next album. And, uh, you know, I'm still doing the majority of the song writing, but I'm bringing it now. We're, we're doing a, like kind of a different steps, right? So the original idea and thought and lyrics and stuff have to come and then you know for butch and i then to get together because you know his his musicianship is such a key component that he and i need to sit because once his parts are together when i bring everything to the band eric and newt are just so incredibly talented on that just locking in together dude um, that is, that is that is so that's the that's the most important thing. We you, yeah. we don't we don't talk about this enough. The fact that your bassist and your drummer just just go just jive. Yeah, yeah. And I, yeah, we, we, you know, and with the rhythm guitarist slash songwriter or whatever that band looks like, and the lead guitar, because right. you know that's your rhythm and your melody, and your, your choruses and all the things that people are gonna like remember, but right. the bedrock. What makes people move, what makes people jive, is your drummer and your bassist. Yep. Yep. And if they're in sync, man, oh, baby. Yeah. It's it's something special when that happens. And uh, I remember we were playing a, a show at the Sportsman's uh, in, in Buffalo one time, and uh, I was looking out into the crowd, and there were these two guys watching Eric play the bass. And you could just see them. They're like, oh. 
oh man, you see him like because he was just on fire, you know. And uh, he's he's one of those guys. He um, is a he has a classical guitar background, and then um, you know jazz and everything like that. So he was a guitar player before. He's kind of like most ba- bass players. He, I think he joined a band that needed a bass player, and he's like, all right, <laughs> you know. And uh, but super talented guy. He's that guy I always go to. Be like, Eric, what am I playing? <laughs> you know. Yeah. He, he knows all the theory. Oh, yeah, dude. We all need so, that guy in our life. He, oh, absolutely. Yeah, but um, I, I really I love this group of people that I'm working with. And one of the exciting things is, is I was sitting writing a song the other night. And I've gotten into this habit now uh, that I didn't necessarily do before. Is when I come up usually when i write i come up with melody and um the guitar part at the same time lyrics come after it's very rare that i'll write lyrics first really yeah and um i know i kind of do it backwards i know a lot of people write lyrics first and then and then put the music too um i wouldn't call it backwards at all yeah Uh, it's it's just the way that you are it's like man yeah I've got like the most beautiful guitar piece that I ever wrote, and yep. I can't write one word towards it. It's hard. It, it's like it's hard if you're not used to it. And what I what happened? I wrote this great song, music melody, and one night it was like I don't know. By the time I got to the studio, it was like ten o'clock at night. By the time music and melody kind of were rocking and rolling, it was about 12.30 at night. I was tired. I'm like, you know, I'll pick it up tomorrow. And I should have stayed and just, you know, plowed into it because I lost the, the that feel, that vibe of what was going on that night. Mm. And it's it's so hard to replicate it. So it's been sitting on my shelf for like a year and it's a killer song and I'm going to get it, but but it it made it harder for me to do it. So now I've been making sure that when I write a song and melody that I plow through it and at least get a set of lyrics written that I can, you know, uh, tailor and change the next day, but at least the feel and the vibe are all there. I can't tell you. I think that's great advice, man. Because I cannot tell you how many half-written songs I have in my little book. Yeah. And it's I can't I can't approach them. Like it's I'll read them and I'll play them and I was like I'm I'm just not there anymore. Yeah. And why I didn't yeah. plow through like distraction or you know I just went to bed on it or oh yep. yeah I'll remember where I was. No, you won't. But I, I think that it's okay because maybe, and this has been the case for like a lot of things that have come out for me lately, is maybe I can just grab a line or two and just capture just a little bit of that and right. bring it into the the new. But man, yep. if I would have just finished, even even if I didn't like all the lyrics, but if I just completely expressed myself in the form of a song and then... You know, I could give it to my interpreter, and then you know, we we could work it out, and we could redo the lyrics. But right, 
That's that's special, man. That's good advice, man. Yeah, because you want that heart to be there. You know, even if you do, you go through two, three drafts of lyrics, which I do um, usually, and it's not like full rewrites, but you know, you're going to change this verse or this line. Here's a good example of I was sitting. Uh, this is like maybe a month ago. I come up on this song that I'm sitting there writing and it usually comes just before I'm about to leave is when the song pops in right and it's like oh you're gonna stay here for another four hours yeah <laughs> and um, but I'm like all right cool Let, let's let's get into it so as I'm tailoring it and I'm getting into it I'm like man oh man this is like a really good song and I start singing it and I'm like oh man it's a it's really high though like I'm having a tough time uh-huh. singing it and so I lower it and I'm like ah, it just doesn't have that vibe and it, it was right that right in between my range like I could I could hit it but it just wasn't comfortable uh-huh. and uh, so anyway I record it on my phone just ad living lyrics and uh, but I wanted to get the whole song in the structure yeah and I'm just about to leave. And I said, you know what? This would be a, a really good song for Mandy to sing. Uh. And uh, so I hit her up. It's like 11 o'clock. I said, hey, you up? She's like, yeah. I go, give a listen to this. Tell me what you think. So I sent it over to her real quick. She's like, I really like it. She's like, are those the lyrics? <laughs> I'm like, no, they're, they're, they're ad-libbed. And uh, she's like, oh, good. <laughs> um, but she's like, I really like it, but I'm afraid it might be too low. So I moved it up to Capo 5. Yeah. And I re-recorded it, and I sang it. I sent it over to her. She's like, oh, that's right in my pocket range. I'm like, that's fantastic. I said, so here's what I'm thinking um, kind of story-wise. And she's like, I like where that's going. And I said, okay, hold on a second. And I wrote the first verse and chorus right then and there. Yeah. Sent it over to her. She's like, why don't you change this word and that? I'm like, okay, cool. I change that. And she's like, what's what's the second verse? I'm just like, hang on a second. Boom, 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 boom. You know, second verse. I don't know about you. First verse and chorus are always the easiest for me it's when i get to the second verse it takes a little longer okay i'll hit a level uh, is uh if if i can get through the first two lines of the first verse everything uh, else everything else will melt in the pocket really yeah it, it is the first verse is just because I, you're, you're setting the stage right i believe just in the idea of songwriting and just how much attention I'll give someone I've never heard right. is, I'll give you forty-five seconds. Yeah. So I want you know I want those first two lines in the song to be really good lines, not necessarily hooks. Right. But I, I want it to be, I want it to strike a chord. That's that's you know that's good advice. Uh, those first two lines because you're right and you're generous with that forty-five seconds. Because a lot of people give it like twenty, and then they're on to the next thing. So yeah, um, that's that's good advice. That's a good thing to uh, think about. 
Well, you know, because I think uh, it was the Blues Travelers, you know, they said it best with uh, the song Hook. Um, you know, they, they, wrote a incre- they wrote an incredible song without ever saying one word. But, and what I mean by one word is it never led anywhere. And his whole point of writing the song was, it doesn't matter what I say, it's the hook that brings you back. Right. I'm not telling you a lie. Yep. And we still sing that song 15 years later. Yep. So, uh, yeah, props to you, buddy. You wasn't lying. <laughs> because if, if, if the melody is there, if, you know, if it, you know, if the, the bass and the drums are there and the lyrics are okay, and we have this guy doing a complete satire on songwriting just by saying, it doesn't matter what I say. Right. And he's not wrong. But that was the whole premise. But like I believe that is like you need you need to have that you want to punch right out the gate. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Something's got you got to hook them right in. Right? Yeah. And then uh, and then you can you can let the line out a little bit, and then you got to yeah, by the time you get to your chorus, you got to you got to snag them again. You know, bring them in. Yeah. And I'm certainly yeah. not saying that about every song, you know, but you definitely not everyone. Want, you know. Like I, I believe in those uh my favorite band, Band of Horses, they have songs that don't make any sense. Yeah. But they tend they turn out to be one of my most cherished songs from the album. You know, it's like Monsters. Uh that's an incredible song and it's like uh you play that for someone who's never heard or likes Band of Horses or, you know, doesn't know they like Band of Horses. It's like yeah. what it, what is this? And I was like It's a it's it's what I call a slow burner. It's something slow, it's something that you learn to appreciate as you become a big fan of the band. It's a slow burner. Oh, a slow burner. I thought you said slow burger. No. <laughs> it's like, a, yeah. That? Yeah, it's a slow burger, okay? It's slow burger. It's got a little sizzle in it, but you got to find it. Yeah. Yeah, man. So, man, I'm I'm excited about sitting down and talking to Monk about some of these albums, and I wanted to I wanted to talk it over with you. You and I are both uh, Jason Isbell fans. Yes, sir. And, man, mom, Mama told me if I don't have anything nice to say, I shouldn't say it. So I'm not going to crap on it. <laughs> uh, but the, but yeah. the, new, the new album, Reunions. Yeah, I, um, I got to say it's, not my, it's my least favorite of uh, the Jason Isbell uh, um, and the 400 unit. Yeah. Albums. Yeah. Um, I think as far as the 400, him and the 400 unit, their their best their best album together is the Nashville Sound. I um, cannot argue with that. Yeah, but um, you know the thing is, I, I look. I was talking about this the other day. Is you know he had so much success with Southeastern and something more than free, mm-hmm. and then the Nashville Sound. Uh, coming back with the 400 unit was a great um, great album as well so yeah you can't I guess you can't win them all you know and uh, you know I don't know there's some highlights um, there are yeah I was reading some interviews and stuff like that and I guess he was having uh, a tough time uh, with grappling with the amount of success he's had uh as of late because and so it was kind of changing 
his attitude and stuff like that. And, and he and his wife were kind of, I guess, going back and forth and, and getting into uh, arguments. And I guess that's kind of where uh, some of the inspiration for this album came from, which I, you know, I can, I can dig, but I think he just, it sounds like he's tired in this that, album. That was, that was going to be my thing, man. And um, like I said, you know, since we talked about it like just four days ago, I spent every single day listening to that album. I find myself yeah. appreciating it a whole lot more. I I completely skipped that first song. Um, yeah. I don't I don't like it. I don't like the length. Uh, six minutes and eighteen seconds, or forty seconds, or wherever it is, it's just way too much. Now. Yeah. Uh, the radio hit, and they played at the local college station in Starville. Be afraid. That is a very yeah. that is a very fun song to listen to, but once again, it it doesn't really go anywhere. It doesn't do anything. Um, there's there's no well. Here, I guess if you're a a first time Isbell listener, um, it's probably something that is like, oh man, that's that's you know that's good. It it reminds me a little bit of Tom Petty. Yeah. Um, it's got that, you know, that 80s kind of petty vibe to it. Um, but there's there's no meat and potatoes in it. It, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't grab me. Like, that's like that's the thing, man. And that, that's what I'm, I don't mean it any kind of bad way. It's just right. me having listened to Jason Isbell for so long now. Yeah. Is... Where's my meat and potatoes? Right. Like I know, I know that you're about to just slay me with a line. Yep. And so yep. I went looking more. I, look, I looked a little deeper. Yep. Uh, I really it's track two, man. Dreamsicle. I just knew. Yeah. I just knew that was going to be the one. Now okay. that is that so is that, that that is not a bad song. No, it's not. And I, that it's, is one of my most enjoyable songs on the album, followed by track three, Only Children. That's a, that's a, that's a cool song as well. Yeah. And then I think it was track six. I don't have the, the name of that one handy. But River? It, 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 yeah. That, that might be, that, 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 that may one? be my favorite song on the album. That's the one with the piano, right? Yes. And it's strictly okay. piano at the beginning. Yep. That that may be my favorite song on that album. Okay. But there was uh, like there was like a old Bob Dylan. Um, it was a throwback to a Bob Dylan line he had in one of the songs. It may have been only children. Okay. Um, like I, I was doing a lot of reading on it. You don't have to look far because if you um, I don't know if you have Apple Music, but with a lot of the more prominent artists, they'll uh, they'll do a track by track interview. Oh, do they? Yeah. I got, see, I've got Amazon, so I use the Amazon Unlimited. But um, I didn't know that Apple did that. To be honest with you, I didn't know that either until I pulled this album up. That's cool. I, I read his Rolling Stone, I think it was a Rolling Stone interview um, regarding this album. And he goes, I mean, that's the thing. You don't have to go far to find out about this album because he, he really did a lot of uh yeah. Media, I, and I yeah, because uh, I remember when all all this first kicked off for the year, 
uh, you know, Isbell, he announced that he didn't want to drop this album because he couldn't play it. Yeah. And I totally respected that. And then yeah. when he decided to drop it, he made the first few days or week or however long it was available to where you could only get it from your local record store. Right. And I was totally appreciative of that. Yeah, that's And so I, I loved everything that was marching up to this album. And then when yeah. I finally sat down to hear it, I was like, where's my meat and taters? I know. I, you know what, though? It, that's where, it, you know, as songwriters, we know the pains of it, right? And you're, you're not going to hit a home run every single time. And uh, my favorite song on on this album is It Gets Easier. It's track nine. That's a good one, dude. That yeah, uh, I, 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 like, I, know, I like the vibe of it. Like, not even looking to the story before I heard it. Yep. Just listen to the song. I agree with that. Yeah, totally. I mean, it's just got it. It gets easier, but it never gets easy. You know, and it's just it's such a great line. Yeah. Um, especially with the topic, but it anyone can relate to it. You don't have to have walked the path he did uh, to relate to it. You it, you can relate to it on so many different levels. And it, it's classic Isbell, and it's just great li- lyrics and songwriting in that song. And, and it was, um, I, when I heard that one, when I listened to the whole thing through, I'm like, yes, this is it. This is the song I love on this album. Yeah. It's not a bad album. I, I added it to my, I've got a uh, uh, playlist with... Uh, with all of his records on it. And I, I threw it in there and I've been just listening to it throughout the days. And I, and I do appreciate it, but it just doesn't, it doesn't grab me like the other ones. And, uh, you know, but again, I can't really, um, say, or I can't be mad or, you know, say, Oh, you know, cause you know, it's this guy would school me in any other day. <laughs> So there, yeah, gonna, there's the fact of it, right? Yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and uh, and say that um, you know he should have done this and should have done that. So, but um, like I say, it, Mama told me if I don't have anything nice to say, I shouldn't. That's right. I'm not. I'm by no means saying it's a bad album. I would highly recommend listening to it. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was the big the big pose with. Uh, you know, Apple Music sitting down for an artist interview to talk about each track. I, I find value in that. I don't know how many people are like me that would actually sit down and read it, but... Yeah, no, I like that. Um, you know, when when it's... When you're interested in something like that, and, uh, you know, I look at it as, you know, learning. And I, I kind of go back to um, how Jason Isbell kind of... Through listening to him, I, I learned how to craft uh, lyrics and songs, and, and he was a real big influence for me. Absolutely, and uh, so I, I'm always rooting for him a hundred percent. So, yeah, man, the guy's fantastic. So, yeah, man, just another album. Throw this one out. Same thing. Yeah. It got a uh, you know it got the critical Apple Music review. It got the track by track. And the big story behind the album is uh, Nathaniel Rayless' latest, Without the Night Sweats. 
Oh yeah. Yeah. That, that was a pleasant treat. Um, when I saw it, I'm like, Oh, we're the night sweats, you know? And I, I put it on and it blew me away. It was such a cool album. And, um, so intimate and raw. Oh, um, oh it, man. Yeah. 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 It is really, really good. Um, I haven't listened to it multiple times, but um, I really did like it. Actually, let me pull it up here and see what uh, there was. I forget which song it was that I loved. Um, Time Stands? Um, it might be. I know, and it's still all right as the hit. Yeah, yeah, and it's still all right. It was a fantastic song. Um, yeah, I think it was, and it's still all right. That was the because that was the first song I listened to. I just kind of put it on shuffle, and um, but then I I took it after I listened to that one song. I started from track one and just went through, and uh, man, oh man, that's a good good album. Hands down. Um, this ain't his first solo work, and I love the story behind Nathaniel Rayliff. Is, um, he's had, I think, two solo albums before the Night Sweats, and he's had songs that just ripped me apart. Uh, my favorite yeah. all-time song um, by Nathaniel Rayliff is... Uh, I'm going blank. Give me just a second. He's got such a cool vibe. It almost... Uh has like a uh, oh like a righteous brothers kind of feel to it like there's that i don't know that you know you know that vibe you get when you listen to like love and feeling by the righteous brothers mm-hmm. it, it's just it's got a real warm tone to it and that's kind of it was the vibe of this album that really drew me into it it had just such a cool um like uh timeless kind of sound to it yeah totally the song i'm thinking of it was off his 2013 album it was called still trying it is still like uh with all that he's done with the night sweats and all his work still trying is my favorite all-time song by him i'll have to listen to it i didn't realize he had uh other solo work out Oh yeah, that it was before the uh, Night Sweats. Uh, the album, his first Night Sweat album, that was actually the Throwing in the Towel album. That was a song with Sob on it. Oh yeah, and that happened I to be used, that happened to be the song that took off. I used to play that solo in the bars. I bet that went off well. It actually did. I, I put a little foot tambourine on um, for for like the acapella thing, and I just stomped my foot. There was this. One place I'd play, it had these uh, great wooden floors that were great for stomping. Yeah. And I mean, it just resonated through the place. Something crazy about that that album, you know, that was the throwing in the towel. Uh-huh. And, you know, he went on a KCRW, and they played uh, three or four songs off of that album on YouTube. That's a good video to go check that out live if you've never experienced it. But, uh-huh. you know, he shared the story behind it. And he was like, you know, SOB was one of the least favorite songs for us to play on that album, especially me. Yeah. I didn't even really like that song. <laughs> that and, he said, and he said, I'll be if that wasn't the song. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It, uh, it's funny how sometimes the least favorite song is the one that takes off on you. Yeah. Um, I mean, that was the one that, you know, sent them soaring. I know. That's when they had yeah. notoriety everywhere. You know, they were on every radio station that played that kind of music, you know. Yep. They started yeah, hit, it's a, started hitting it's the a, festivals. Yep. It's a great album. You know what else? Another album, and just going off of, uh, um, speaking of live shows, and it's a, it's a live album. Did you ever listen to Ryan Bingham live? Start making your way right out of my brain. <laughs> Dude. Um, What's the, that? the cat's good. No, yeah. no, no. Take good away. The cat is great. He, he really is, and it's it's because he's it's odd songwriting. Like it, you remember the band OAR? Oh yeah, yeah. He he kind of reminds me of like the country version of OAR in a way. <laughs> That's um, a weird comparison, but I'm totally down for that. It's it just not maybe not so much in like song writing or, or structure or anything. I don't I don't know what it is about it. But he can stretch his song out for like six, seven, eight minutes. Um just like a and, crazy game of poker or something with OAR. Yes. Huh? Exactly. Kinda like that. And um but I absolutely love his live album uh that he did in Texas. I think he did it as an Amazon special. There's a live uh, video of it on uh, Amazon. If you go, if you have like an Amazon Prime account or whatever, you can search Brian Bingham live, and, and there's a full concert on there. Oh, nice! It's fantastic, man, and um, it's just so much fun to watch. And, and he's just a great performer, and I just love his vibe. And I, when I was first starting to find out who he was I had loved the movie uh, Crazy Heart and I didn't realize he wrote some of the songs for that and actually appeared in that uh, bowling alley uh, scene Nice. Um, that was the backing band in it and I'm like oh my goodness that's you know Ryan Bingham you know <laughs> and uh, yeah he's been one of those guys that I just kind of I love to listen to him because not so much as like an influencer, but he gets me excited to perform and and to just kind of go out there and, and you know, grab it by the balls, you know? Yeah, man. And uh, so it's just a, it's funny how different artists can affect you in certain ways. And he's one of those guys I just am like, all right, man, like pump me up. Let's get out there. Let's put on a hell of a show. Mm. When we get around here um, to putting this album out, I'm excited to just do it differently this time as far as like the, the release and the rollout and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, I learned so much last time how to properly release a record. So I'm excited to, you know, have those three singles that we're going to, you know, have three months of, of dropping a single a month. Yeah. Um, you know, before dropping the entire album and um, the promotion. And, you know, the album cycle really is about nine to ten months, you know, throughout the year before it kind of exhausts itself. Right. Um, 
So it's going to be fun taking everything that I learned from this past experience and over the past couple of years and, uh, and then do this again, you know. But um, I, I noticed there, I, I've learned, though, that you can't just drop it all at once. You know, it's you got to take your time with it because not only does it work better because you can stretch it out longer, be more relevant, but with like the way Spotify works and stuff like that, yeah. like getting caught in the algorithms and all that jazz is um, just as important. So you got to drop like, I think they say every three to four weeks keeps you, I guess, active in the algorithm. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, understand it all and how it all works, but um, I don't either. Sure but that's a hundred. That is learn. that is a hundred percent how it works. Uh, hey yeah. Fitz, with uh, his album, he released at the beginning of this year. He released just like he said he would release a single. I think he released four. Okay. And then the album dropped. Right. And right when it dropped, like his social media. The people were already there, and they were so hungry because it was like you just gave them a little bit at a time. Yep. On, on top of like the part that I don't understand either, how to be right in the middle of the Spotify or any social media algorithm. Right. He was right in the pocket, and you know, got thrown on playlist. And I yep. was like, eh, I hear that's that's what you want. Couldn't say yeah. yay or nay, but I hear that's that's what you want. Yeah. That's the rhythm, you know. Yeah, and you know it's funny the how the playlist curators, um, I, I you know who'd have thought that they would be so important to, you know, help get your music out there. You know we were fortunate this past year uh, to get on to a few popular playlists uh, on Spotify, but they only keep you because they rotate so much through these playlists. You're only on maybe three or four weeks on one of these playlists but man oh man you just see your listenership and your streams skyrocket from these things and uh it's crazy man that's all i got my friend yeah i think uh i think the i think the tank is running dry on me as well let's yeah. uh let's walk out the door on this so what's that with everything as it stands man just for those listening um Man, when is the next time we'll get a, a little backdoor session or a fuzzy Friday uh, for more talks, more conversation, and possibly just a little bit of action from that new work? I know you shared a little bit from this last live stream that you did. Yep. So when's the next time that we're going to just get a little bit more? Well, I don't know. Um, I don't want to get too much out there um, just because things are so new. You know, and, um, you know, probably uh, as we get into the fall, we might, you know, tease a song, a new song or two. Um, but as of right now, we've got uh, a couple songs that, uh, um, you know, we've been working on. I played the other day, I played um, a song called Let's Go for a Ride. Yep, I and, heard that uh, one. That one you've heard with me. Yeah. But it's, it's a duet. And um, it it's totally different when you've got the whole band and then Mandy taking that second verse and chorus. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then 
can't speak enough on Mandy, man. Yeah. She's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, she is. So, um, you know, we'll be, we'll be slowly putting stuff out there occasionally. Um, but as far as like a planned time, uh, you know, I'm not sure yet. I'm still trying to, uh, put together a schedule for the fall and normally I'll schedule, you know, when we're going to drop this fuzzy Friday or back porch sessions or, you know, when we're going to do this, that, and that. And right now everything got kind of crumpled up, thrown on the floor. So uh, no kidding, man. Um, (laughs) you know, just, just, uh, I'll say this and we can walk in and out the door, but just with everything, the way that it is, uh, I mean, there was even a lull with me wanting to do a podcast. I felt like, just because it was such an overhaul on social media, I was like, I'll just get lost in the storm. Yeah. You know, I was like, my people will see it, but I was like, what about those I want to reach? Yeah. And it's it's just been, you know, just with everything going on, it seems like let's do a whole lot more internet, a whole lot more internet, and a whole lot less compassion. And man, I just... Right now, um, seeking unity, man, just in any way that I can bring it to the community. Yeah, I agree. And, um, it, you know, it's hard because, you know, you can, uh, from the safety of your own home and the comforts of your own home, uh, you can say and do whatever you want online. And, um, you know, a lot of people, you know, they're real brazen and bold, um, you know, through, uh, through a computer or a phone, but, um, you know, I, I think nowadays we all gotta just figure out how to responsibly use social media in a way that, uh, helps lift people. And, uh, I think that's what the music community, uh, can really, um, offer, uh, society through social media is just positive things to just help lift up people. And, uh, that's, that's what I've been trying to do. I, I don't, um, like to take much of a political stance, uh, musically or even, uh, through interviews and, and talking and stuff like that, because, um, that's just not my thing. But what right. I do, want to do is make sure that my thoughts and ideas and uh, beliefs will will seep into my music and but what I want to make sure is that I'm responsible where somewhere some some way I want to make sure that these songs help someone by either lifting them up by sharing a story they might be able to relate with and uh, easing some of the burden or pain that they've been through, or man, maybe it just gives them one hell of a good, good time, you know? And, uh, that's what entertainers do. That's what songwriters do. We write songs, not just for ourselves, um, but for others, because interpretation is such a big thing, uh, when listeners are listening to, artists and um that's why i 
sometimes I'll go into great detail about what songs are written about, but there's other songs like Home Away From Home uh, that I kind of keep that one to myself because I've heard so many people come up to me and say how they relate to it. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to let you relate to it that way. And, uh, and not give you my, uh, my thoughts on it. So, um, with that all being said, (laughs) yeah, let's all just get along. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, well, brother, Thank you so much. It's uh, it's good to hear from you up in Buffalo, and I hope you and yours are well. Yeah, same here, buddy. And uh, hope you guys uh, stay safe down there. And until uh, next time. Yeah, brother. <laughs> hey, uh, you know, maybe next time we're we're talking about this brand new album, and we're talking about all these festivals and shows that y'all got lined up, right? I hope so. Hopefully, uh, twenty twenty one is good to us. Yeah, give us some normalcy. Yeah, man. All right, brother. How you take care, okay? You as well. News and notes. Thank you so much for listening to Porch Talk. If you haven't done so already, I would ask that you would rate and review the show on whatever app it is that you listen to on. Tell a friend. And support Fuzzy and the Rust Belts. You can find them on Instagram, YouTube, and Facebook. And uh, the YouTube page is uh, it's a great place to get to know Fuzzy and the Rust Belts. We're going to walk this thing on out the door with the title track from the first album, That Sweet Song. Peace out, guys. I was walking in a day dream, lost in cycles till I came to a place where I could love. Oh, and I won't.